Hello everybody, welcome to Learn Mexican Spanish with Diego. My name is Diego Prado and I'm really happy to be with you again with this uh, second episode. Um, for this episode, I must tell you then that it will be a little bit more complicated than usual because here we're going to be learning some, I decided to call it advanced slang in Spanish because um, you will need then a couple of verbs and a couple of extra expressions then to know how to use this slang okay so um i will be just giving some brief comments so this podcast is not that that long but still um make sure then to let me know in the comments if you want me then to express the other compliments to these uh to these expressions okay like if you need me to explain how to conjugate certain verbs because then we have then some expressions that are not used in um in English, for example, but we do use them in Spanish, and that would make uh, you know a little bit difficult for uh, those who do not speak um, Spanish yet. But you can still use them. You will actually surprise your friends if you use them. Particularly if you have friends from Mexico, then they will have they will be really surprised with them. Okay. So uh, well, welcome. And as I told you the other time, then you will see the visual episode on YouTube. Okay, so uh, you will see then the presentation I prepared with a couple of um, illustrations with the, uh, also with the phrase then uh, written down so you can actually then see if you need to see. Okay, so why don't we then start then with the expressions that we're going to learn. So welcome again. And the first one is paro. <coughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> the word is paro. Paro. Let me break it down. Paro. Paro. Literally, the word paro means um, strike. When employees uh, stop working in a company, maybe then you say, están de paro o están en paro. But in this case, paro means to do a favor to someone. Okay? And this is a, a very informal expression. And then uh, you can ask, actually then ask somebody to do you a paro, in this case, to do you a favor, okay? For example here, you can say, hazme el paro, por favor, necesito ayuda. This is something then um, that you wouldn't say to your boss, for example, or to your parents, because um, then this is more like uh, with friends and it's actually really informal. I mean, we wouldn't even say it like, I mean, you should really be, uh, you should really have a relationship then with someone like, you know, very, very close friends to, to say, hazme el paro, because it could be too informal, okay? Um, then you need the verb hacer, okay? So you say, hazme el paro, hazme el paro. If you say, hazme el paro, necesito tu ayuda, here you're actually then explaining to the person then that you need a favor but then a mexican person will definitely understand with what uh, hacer el paro is okay so the expression is paro paro so we say hacer el paro or hazme el paro okay excellent the next word is ratito <clears throat> Ratito. One more time. Ratito. Y esta palabra ratito la utilizamos entonces para 
describir una expresión o una cantidad de tiempo que no está definida y que podría o no ocurrir. ¿okay? Esta es una cuestión que es un poquito más cultural y que por lo tanto um, debemos de interpretarla como un, un momento ¿no? que pudiera ocurrir o no. ¿okay? So this is just a small portion of time in which something may happen or not. And then um, whenever you say ratito, then you're saying basically then that um, something will happen, but then at the end you might decide not to do it. Okay? For example, you can say, Vamos a comer en un ratito. This is discretion. Vamos a comer en un ratito. Notice in here in this phrase, we're saying, let's go and grab some lunch. Let's go and grab lunch. I'm sorry. So then, if you notice in here, then we're saying, let's go and grab lunch in, in a bit, let's say. So this word ratito is often used at the end of the phrase. And then here, you do not know exactly if it's like going to happen like in five minutes or in 10 minutes or in an hour, okay? So it can, it can be like, you know, I mean, the time can vary from, from five to one hour or even more time, okay? So the word is ratito, ratito. The next one, it's a little bit complicated because of the R sounds. It's changarro, changarro. Changarro. Literally, changarro is a very informal word to mean, um, or that means that um, it's a small business, okay? Like a small store, let's say. For example, then you can say, Hoy voy a trabajar en el changarro un rato. Hoy voy a trabajar en el changarro un rato. I mean, a person then that uses the word changarro for uh, a business or for, yeah, it's often then referring to a, a business that you own, okay? And the person that usually uses it is like um, a person then that we would say um, is, you know, very casual in his conversation, so very informal, okay? So is you're saying here, like, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna go to work a little bit. And then it's, uh, you're saying that you're going to work in your business. So this is used then if, um, I mean, to say that you have your own business, okay? You can say, mi changarro, mi changarro. Basically, you're saying my business. For example, you have a taco stand, let's say. So you can say, oh, I'm going, yo voy a mi changarro. Voy a mi changarro. I'm going to my business. Understanding then that you're going to work. Okay. Vamos con la siguiente expresión. I think we saw this one at some other point in another episode, which is also. Also. Basically, it's the same word as a bear, okay, in English. And then you use it then to say that you're embarrassed about something. Also, that a situation is embarrassing to you, okay? Not necessarily yourself, but then probably you see something that you feel a little bit uncomfortable with and then you say, oh, que oso, que oso. Yes, and then, for, for example, I, I mean, this happens a lot. 
Imagínate entonces que estás con tu papá o con tu mamá, no sé, o con alguien, con un amigo, un amigo o una amiga. Y están en un restaurante, en un lugar público, y de repente esta amiga empieza a gritar. Y le dices que se calle y no se calla. Entonces, está haciendo cosas que te causan oso, ¿ok? Después decir, ay, qué oso, ya cállate. So, I mean, the example that I just gave you, then it's just illustrating a situation in which you can use que oso. Because, um, for example, um, you might be in a restaurant with a friend of yours, and then this friend starts screaming like crazy, and then that situation is awkward, and then you say, oh, que oso, ya cállate, shut up, please. It's embarrassing. So then basically then you're saying that the, um, the situation is not, you know, nice. Okay, so that way you can use the word also, also, okay? There you go, let's move on to the next one. This one is really funny. This one is chin, chin. And it's actually written like the body part, you know, chin in English. I'm not sure then if I'm pronouncing it right, but then we're saying chin, chin. I think it's the same sound, no? Creo que es el mismo sonido de la palabra chin, que es la mandíbula en inglés. Chin, chin. Y aquí tú puedes utilizar esta expresión para decir dos cosas. En primera, así como ya dices, bueno, te das cuenta de que algo ocurrió y dices, bueno, pues ya, ya ni modo, no? O también es como decir, bueno, ya que. No, como anyways. Por ejemplo, let's, le, imagínate entonces que estás, este, no sé, estás ahí con, <ríe> y esto me pasó a mí en una ocasión, que yo estaba en la oficina, de repente hablando este, con una compañera acerca de una situación, estábamos criticando a alguien más, y de repente esa persona a la que estábamos criticando este, llegó ¿no? y escuchó la conversación y lo que estábamos diciendo. Y yo le dije a mi compañera, chin, ya la regué. And you can see the, uh, the expression here in the presentation. Chin, ya la regué. And even the intonation then is important here. Chin, ya la regué. So um, here, that expression, chin, ya la regué, then it's, it means that you said something stupid or something you shouldn't have said. And then uh, the example that I was explaining to you guys was that... Um, There was this one time I was in the office, then I was talking, I was just gossiping, just saying some stuff about another person for some, for some reason, and then I didn't realize that the person was right next to us in the office, so the person heard everything we said. So I told my, my work, my co-worker, Jean, is like, oh my God, it's crude. Like, I was so stupid here, so. This is then a nice expression that you can use, okay? Like when someone sees or like you realize then that you did something that was not appropriate maybe and then someone like sees that you did it. Okay, the next one, it's a, also a funny one. And then written is a little bit different, okay? It's Ushkale. 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 It's Actually, um, uh, expression then, I uh, just said then that you use it then to scare a dog away. Like, you know, there's a dog over there. And then you say, Ushkale, Ushkale, like that. And then you are basically saying the dog then to, to leave you alone and like to, to move somewhere else. I mean, you, you will notice then that in Mexico, we have a lot of street dogs. 
So uh, sometimes you don't even know whose dogs are, whose dogs um, they are from, no? So you're on the street and then you see a dog then approaching you and you don't want to deal with the dog. Then you can just say, Ushkale. And then you need to move your hand just to scare the dog away, okay? For some reason, <laughs> it's just like people say that and then dogs understand, okay? <laughs> y esta es una expresión muy interesante, ¿no? Porque si decimos Ushkale para espantar un perro, puede ser para un gato o para algún otro animal, ¿no? Pero Ushkale es normalmente para un perro, ¿no? Es el animal que, que vemos normalmente en la calle y que pues está ahí rondando, ¿no? Entonces, no quieres lidiar con el perro, pues nada, le dices Ushkale, Ushkale. And you need to say it two times, okay? It's important. Ushkale, Ushkale. And then the dog flies, I mean flees or whatever, escapes, leaves you alone. <laughs> For example, here in the presentation, you can say, Ushkale de aquí. Ushkale de aquí. Y aquí no sonó como español, ¿verdad? It didn't sound like Spanish. Ushkale de aquí. Ushkale de aquí. Slide. Go away, dog. Okay. Next one. This one, guys, it's a very, um, you know, nice expression. Then it's really, really colloquial. It's informal as well. And the expression is chal. One more time. Chal. 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 I'm sorry, my throat is a little bit weird today. So it's just like, I don't think I'm pronouncing words in the way I should. But anyways, I'm sorry then. But the word is chal. Chal. And chal is literally, um, you know, here in Mexico we have these objects that are called uh, rebosos, which are basically, you know, I would say just like, uh, oh my goodness, this is then a good way to to describe it in English, which is just like a piece of cloth that you use, uh, actually that women use um, in certain situations. They can be formal or not, and then um, you can actually, I mean, women wear it like when they are cold, and it's often then a piece of clothing that's for older women, okay? You you can Google rebozo, rebozo, and then you will find then what I'm talking to you about. But then another way to say rebozo is to say chal, and then here the word chal is to say that you're having a conversation Uh, you want to have a conversation, you want to gossip with someone else, okay? For example, let's imagine you're in the office and then you're in your break. Entonces dicen, um, vamos a echar chal, vamos a echar chal. <laughs> Ese es un poquito complicado porque estamos utilizando el verbo echar, okay? Entonces sería, vamos a echar chal. And vamos a echar chal. The verb echar basically means that you are going to have a conversation. It's like saying, vamos a hablar. Let's talk with each other, which is something then that we don't say. I mean, vamos a hablar. Yeah, it sounds very serious. It's better than to say, vamos a echar chal. <laughs> so it sounds, it's a little bit complicated. Let me say it uh, slow, a little bit more slowly. Vamos a echar chal. Vamos a echar chal. Vamos a echar chal. Or also like, for example, you, when you're with a group of people and then you just want to have a private conversation with someone, 
and then um, but you don't want the other people to hear what you're saying then you can say to the person let's go to somewhere private and speak <laughs> they can say okay let's uh, vamos a chat chat so understanding then that you have something in private to say to someone okay esa expresión es informal it's informal the next one the next one is queca 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 <laughs> this word queca um, it is the short form of the word quesadilla I don't have to explain to you what a quesadilla is. There is a situation there in Mexico City. You will definitely find out what the problem is. But then, quesadilla. So, the word is queca. Queca. For example, here in Mexico, um, we have them some... I mean, at school, you can find quesadillas. So, then you can say, vamos a comernos una queca. O vamos a las quecas, for example. O, ¿quieres una queca? Entonces, una queca está refiriéndose a una quesadilla, ¿no? Y normalmente eso pasa entonces porque es un lenguaje común, ¿no? En el mercado, en la escuela, hay lugares donde puedes comprar quesadillas, ¿ok? En el supermarket, I mean, not the supermarket, in the street market, or at school, or at work, you can find quesadilla stands, ¿no? Then someone can say, oh, vamos a comernos una queca, o vamos por una queca. Let's go and grab a quesadilla, basically, ¿ok? Also, here you can say the verb echar. And echar, uh, as you can see the verb again, can be used to um, say that you want to eat something. Like, uh, like basically, echar can be a synonym of eat, which is a little bit informal, but then you can say it with friends, okay, definitely. And then you can use the, the, the verb echar then with even drinks or something else. For example, you can say, vamos a echarnos unas hamburguesas. Let's go and eat some hamburgers. Or, vamos a echarnos unas cheves. Vamos a echarnos unas cheves. Let's go and have some beer. And then your friends will definitely understand what you're saying. Okay, todos van a entender qué estás diciendo con el verbo echar. Siguiente. La siguiente expresión es petatear, petatearse. Petatearse. Es un poquito complicado en pronunciación. Petatearse. It basically means to die. Okay? And you use it then to, to say it in a, not in a funny way, but in a less, let's say, in a less tough way of saying that someone has died. Okay? Let's imagine then that you know somebody that died and then you can say, okay, ya se petateo. Ya se petateo. So then here you're saying that the person has died. Okay? It's like a, a softer way of saying that someone has died. Yeah. Then, for example, on, in, in the news or whatever, then you see then that a person died. So you can say, oh, ya se petateo. Ya se petateo. Basically, you're saying then that a person has died. Y si esta expresión, como les comentaba, es un poquito más informal, por supuesto, y también la utilizas para, pues, decir que, que alguien murió, ¿no? Entonces, eh, por ejemplo, si tú estás en un, en, una, en un evento familiar, ¿no? En alguna, en un velorio, por ejemplo, de algún familiar o amigo, no lo, no lo dirías, pero sí lo usas como para referirte a la muerte de alguien más que no conoces, ¿ok? Excelente. Ok. La siguiente palabra, ahorita, 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 ahorita. 
Um, esta palabra ahorita es una palabra que no tiene una traducción tal cual porque podemos estarnos refiriendo un poco a lo que es un tiempo que no está definido. Por ejemplo, pues, podemos estar diciendo como ahorita, ahora, en un momento, o nunca, o quizás, ¿ok? Es como la otra expresión que vimos, ¿ok? So, this is basically then, um, whenever you're using the word ahorita, then you're talking about a period of time that can mean, for example, right now, or now, or in a while, or something then that might never happen, ¿ok? For example, someone can say, okay, do it now. Hazlo ahorita. Do it now. Hazlo ahorita. But then, if you answer, sí, ahorita lo hago, then ahorita can mean that you have some priorities. And then maybe you have something else to do, and then you give priority to another activity, and then you do it. Okay, so then the word ahorita can mean then. Okay? So, um... Also, for example, when someone says, uh, like, it's my gear in the office, ¿no? Estás en la oficina y de repente tu jefe te dice, necesito que me entregues el reporte ahorita. Entonces, tu jefe está pidiéndote el trabajo para este momento, okay? So, let's imagine you're in the office and then the, your boss is asking you for a report. So, then you can say, and then he says, um, give me the report right now. Dame el reporte ahorita. Now, he actually means then that he needs the report at that moment. But then if you can say, sí, ahorita lo hago. I mean, it means that you don't, I mean, you haven't even started the report. Or like, sí, ahorita se lo doy. It's like, okay, that it can be now, but then it can take a little bit of time then to do it. Okay? It's a very interesting expression. It's an expression muy interesante. This one is also a little bit um, different which is chawisle, chawisle, chawisle. And basically, the word uh, chawisle can be translated to, or it can be interpreted like a curse, a curse. For example, let's imagine, this is just a regular situation here. Let's imagine that you are in, okay, I'm gonna say this first in Spanish. Imagínate entonces que estás en tu habitación con tu novia o tu novio, ¿no? Y imaginemos entonces que tu novia está viendo su teléfono y piensa que tú estás dormido. Entonces ella en su teléfono está, no sé, hablando con otra persona o, o coqueteando con otra persona, ¿no? Y tú despiertas y ves lo que está haciendo. Tú puedes decir, ya te cayó el chaguisle. Ya te cayó el chaguisle. Ya te cayó el chaguisle. And then here you're saying like, oh, I, you're busted. I see what you're doing. And then um, basically here you're, you need the verb fall, caer. And then the rest to say, ya te cayó el chaguisle. It's like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> okay, there you go. Then you should, you, you should better than see the illustration here uh, in the presentation on YouTube. Okay. Then. We have, we're getting close to the end of the presentation then. So we have here another one that's a little bit difficult, okay? It's a chico pale. A chico pale. Let me break it down for you. A chico pale. A chico pale. A chico pale. Basically, a chico pale or a chico palarse 
is a very long verb that means then that you are feeling a little bit down that you're feeling a little bit stressed because of a situation we know then that there are certain times then in which you don't i mean you feel down and then um you just like want yourself to feel that way just for a moment and then even though someone says oh may i help you they're like no i'm okay And then the person can tell you, oh, no te chicopales. It's like, don't get depressed. Don't feel down. Okay? For example, you can say, estoy achicopalado. <laughs> estoy achicopalado. Estoy achicopalado. And this one is a very complicated uh, word, no? Estoy achicopalado. It's like saying, estoy triste. I'm sad. I'm feeling down. Me siento triste. Okay, but it's a very informal way of saying it, triste. Achicopalado. And then we have the feminine. Achicopalava for a girl. Okay. Muy bien. <laughs> we have this one. And then um, for this, you're going to need the verb ser or estar. And then actually the verb ser. Okay. And then you say eres. Eres quien sabe cómo. <laughs> this one is like very funny. ¿Quién sabe cómo? Let me repeat the expression. ¿Quién sabe cómo? ¿Quién sabe cómo? Basically, when you read the expression, it's ¿Quién? ¿Who? ¿Sabe? The verb know. ¿Cómo? The word how. It's like who know how. I mean, it would make this rough translation of the, the expression. And then, quien sabe como means like uh, you're trying to describe a person's attitude and, and then you find it hard like to understand why this person is acting this way or the other way. Entonces, es una expresión que utilizamos pues para hablar de que una persona tiene una actitud extraña, como que no sabemos cómo se comporta. Por ejemplo, puedes decir, ah, eres bien, quien sabe como. Eres bien, quien sabe como. I'm sorry, I was just checking them. I don't know, for some reason, I, um, my changes didn't change, uh, didn't save in the presentation. Entonces, pues, el aire es bien, quién sabe cómo, like, when, cuando la actitud de alguien es muy rara, ¿no? Como que no lo comprendes. Y dices, ah, quién sabe cómo eres. <laughs> Entonces, puedes decirle así. Oye, eres bien, quién sabe cómo. <laughs> Let me say it slower. Oye, eres bien quien sabe cómo. It's like, you, you're weird, you know, like, your behavior is strange. Muy bien, okay, and this one is very interesting, no, and the pronunciation can be hard. Eres bien quien sabe cómo. Eres bien quien sabe cómo. Okay, then the last um, two expressions. Then we have the expression chiripa, chiripa, chiripa. And we y normalmente utilizamos la expresión chiripa and, uh, o la palabra chiripa, perdón, con la palabra o la letra de, de chiripa. Uh, y aquí estás diciendo que algo ocurrió, pues así, por casualidad, que no lo esperabas, ¿ok? Por ejemplo, puedes decir, gané de chiripa. Gané de chiripa. Hay una variación y puedes decir gané de chiripada. Gané de chiripada. Ok. 
¿qué es lo que estás diciendo? Estás diciendo que no esperabas ganar, que por casualidad ganaste, por suerte. So here you're saying, if you're saying, gané de chiripada, for example, then you're saying um, that you won, but you were not expecting to win, actually. So you won out of luck. Also, then you can say, eso fue una chiripa o una chiripada, like when you see someone then accomplishing something in a very unexpected way, you can say that. Ganó de chiripa o fue de chiripa. For example, let's imagine that you're taking an exam, then you can say, pasé de chiripa. Pasé de chiripa. Y pasar de chiripa means, entonces, que pasaste por casualidad o por suerte. Muy bien. La siguiente. The word is coyotito. 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 La palabra coyotito es el diminutivo de coyote, que es un animal. Y bueno, I, I think we have the same word in English, which is coyote. Bueno, eso decimos coyotito. Coyotito. Like a small coyote. And here you're using this verb to, to say to take a nap. For example, let's imagine that you're working really hard and that you're feeling a little bit sleepy. So you can say, me voy a echar un coyotito. Me voy a echar un coyotito. Basically, you're saying, I'm going to take a nap. Me voy a echar un coyotito. Me voy a echar un coyotito. Okay. The next expression. Carnal. 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 Que significa que alguien es muy buen amigo, que es como tu hermano o tu hermana. Pero tengan cuidado, carnal es masculino. Carnal. Y entonces el femenino sería carnala. Carnala. Esta expresión definitivamente es muy informal. Y pues bueno, pero puedes decirlo, ¿no? Ya con alguien que tienes mucha confianza. Y puedes decir, oye, eres mi carnal. Eres mi carnal. You are my buddy or my best friend. You're a great friend. Eres mi carnala. Okay, you can say that. Then we have the expression, órale. Órale. This can mean different things. It can mean wow, it can mean fine, it can mean perfect, it can mean like hurry up, depending on the sound, the way you say it, okay? For example, let's imagine that you're reading something that is, uh, I mean, on your phone, and then that is really interesting, and you're like, órales, órales. So here you're saying that you're surprised, okay? Or then you can say, um, órale. Whenever someone is telling you, like, I don't know, a, a story or something, and then you're paying attention to the person, and then you want to react to what, whatever he or she is saying to you, so you can say, órales. So that one is a, a good one. And we have the expression cañón. Cañón. Cañón, which is basically like the English word cañón. Okay. Is, um, you're saying that something is very difficult. Also that a situation is very difficult. For example, here my illustration didn't really match, but then you can say, for example, let's imagine then that um, you have a lot of problems, like many, many problems, and then you don't know how to deal with them. 
and then you tell your problems to your maximum to your friends and then you say and then your friend tells you que cañón que cañón que cañón it's like oh man that's very difficult or it's a difficult situation then you can say que cañón or then you can use the verb estar cañón for example you can say oh el examen estaba cañón el examen estaba cañón. The exam was very difficult. Or whenever someone says, like, Oh, ¿me puedes decir del proyecto cómo estuvo? El proyecto estuvo cañón. El proyecto estuvo cañón. Pues bueno, muchas gracias. Este, me dio mucho gusto poder compartir este segundo episodio con ustedes. Les invito de nuevo a seguirme en mis redes sociales, en Instagram, en mi canal de YouTube, en la versión este, en línea. Por favor, agradezco mucho sus comentarios, pero también su calificación. Califiquen el episodio, por favor, para poder este, dar y a llegar a más personas. Y con gusto también si tienen alguna duda o comentario de mi podcast o si quisieran que abordar algún tema en especial, pues los invito a que me escriban y con gusto les eh, abordaré los temas en la medida de lo posible. Okay, so thank you again. Thank you so much then for listening to me during this um, episode. I was really happy then to share with you these Mexican tips for your Spanish learning. We know that these expressions were a little bit difficult, so I invite you then to go on, um, go to YouTube, look for this episode, and then um, try to use expressions that you can see here, okay? Also, um, please follow me on Instagram and on YouTube. Remember, I would like them to grow my community and then get to more people now with these visual episodes. And if you have any comments or something, please feel free to send me a message on Instagram or um, yeah, leave a comment or email me. And then I'll be more than happy then to follow your suggestions and recommendations. Okay, because remember, this podcast is for you. And then I'm really willing then to continue then with this project ok, muchas gracias, cuídense mucho y recuerden que un poco de español es mejor que nada de español ok, and remember just that a little Spanish is better than no Spanish, ok cuídense mucho y hasta el próximo episodio